3: Hello everyone, I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the vivacious Lisa Wolf. In this hour, it's a tale well calculated to keep you in suspense from 1944, but it's time now for Movie Jeopardy! Lisa Wolf Trebek will play audio clips from popular movies. I'll try to name the movie while you play along at home, right, Lisa? You
4: got it, Carl. The category of the night is 1960s family
3: films. 1960s family films. Okay. So these should
4: be films that you grew up with. Pop a that was the Prevagen? Uh, okay, you might need a couple.
3: There
4: we go. <laughs> you might need to pop a few extras.
3: Start a, start the show with a Prevagen?
4: Okay, well, okay. Yeah, or three. You ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, here is the first musical, nineteen sixty four.
3: Musical
5: now then, The Qualifications. Item one, a cheery disposition. I am never cross. Item two, rosy cheeks. Obviously. Item three, play games all sorts. Well, I'm sure the children will find my games extremely diverting. Yeah,
0: this paper, where did you get it from? I thought I'd tore it up.
5: Excuse me. Item four. You must be kind. I am kind, but extremely firm.
3: Hmm. Okay. So I thought of two. I thought of two movies, some uh, musicals. It could be. I'm going to guess the either The Sound of Music or My Fair Lady. Is it either one of them? I hear Mike laughing. Is it either one of those? Uh, well, you're
4: going to have to make one guess. I can't take one? two guesses. Um, I can't accept two, two answers.
3: Um, my Fair Lady. It's,
4: I'm sorry. Is it The Sound of Music? It's not.
3: <laughs> oh, gosh. I stink.
4: <laughs> um, but you you do know this one. Um, did you recognize that voice at all? Do you know who that, that was?
3: Um, yeah, she was married to Blake Edwards. Um
4: uh, yes, that's Julie Andrews. Julie
3: Andrews, right. So
4: um this is based on P. L. Travers' book, Mary Poppins. Oh,
3: Mary Poppins. Right? Never never saw it.
4: You never saw Mary Poppins?
3: I mean, I used to eat um Pop Tarts. Pop Tarts. Right. That's about the closest on I came to oh, wow. Mary Poppins. Well, I'm
4: afraid that you've missed something really special. Uh, Sorry, right. Van- I f- I
3: don't feel deprived at all.
4: Well, we don't know what you don't know. Dick Van Dyke. Oh yeah. He's fantastic in this. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh wow, that makes me so sad. What's that it you've called? Never seen Mary, Mary Poppins? Poppins? No, never. I don't know.
3: She fly around like on it with a, like an umbrella. An umbrella. Yeah.
4: It received thirteen Academy I, I mean, Award nominations. I, if I see a, if I
3: see a trailer with a woman flying around with an umbrella, no, nah, I'm just I'm like okay, well, not. Were buying. you
4: ever a child? That's what I'm wondering. No,
3: like, I wasn't. That's, that's I was hatched at right. about thirty years well, of age.
4: I'm so sorry. Mm. Of course, there was a sequel, Mary Poppins Returns, in 2018. That I did not see. Me neither. Not so interested in that. All right. Well, we'll move on. Ah, um, 0 for it, 1. 0 for 1. 1968.
2: You're sleep as a fatherbred. Are these
4: all musical? They're not. The bedroom, Most of them are.
0: We'll glide on our motor trip <laughs> with pride in our ownership.
4: The Envy of all we should
3: Okay. That one I know.
4: Okay, who was that uh, you're, you're by the gonna way? You're going to be
3: so blown away by this. Okay. So Dick that's Vic, Dick Van Dyke in yes, that. Yes, it is. That's Chitty Chitty Bang yes, Bang. Yes, it is
4: and I didn't want to play the song Chitty Chitty, chitty, chitty Bang Bang. Because chitty Chitty Bang Bang, we chitty, love you. Uh, uh, chitty, 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 chitty Chitty Bang Bang. bang.
3: bang. Chitty, chitty. Yeah. exactly. I saw that All movie. right. So and ma- you know why I saw that movie?
4: Car. You know why? It's about a car. No,
3: because our whole school went to the movies to see well we went to like oh. a theater and wow. they and they showed the movie in the theater.
4: Right. So you actually saw movies. And that's
3: the young. only reason why I saw that movie otherwise. All
4: right. Well, otherwise you wouldn't chitty, chitty, any... bang, well, bang, you it. Chitty, chitty, bang, bang, we love you. And it's about a car and you like cars. Yeah.
3: So, flying car.
4: Fly, a magical flying, flying car. cars. All
3: right. One for uh, two.
4: One for two. Next. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like this one. 1961 comedy.
5: And let's get this straight. I'm not Sharon. I'm Susan. Sharon, what? your Sharon is out in California with Daddy. But it's impossible. You can't be Susan. But I am
2: Susan. Sharon uh, and I met at camp. So we decided to switch places. Is. She bit off her fingernails and I cut her hair. And now she's out in California with Dad, swimming and riding my horse and having a keen time. And I'm stuck here with these lousy music lessons and I hate them.
3: Okay. I There was a remake that had yeah. Lindsay Lohan exactly. in it.
4: Exactly. That is the best. <sighs> This was the um, original.
3: Right. I don't know. Oh, but no. I know that it's I know what it is. I just can't think of the did name. Did you did you I see never it? Saw it? Did you no. say
4: the Lindsay Lohan version? No. No. Oh, Carl, but I feel Dennis so sad. But Dennis Quaid,
3: I think, was in the Lindsay Lipplater's yes, father.
4: that's right. I he was have, wonderful. I might have
3: seen that, but...
4: Okay, it's called The Parent Trap. Yeah. Pff, right? This was never. Hayley Mills in a dual role. Never would But Lindsay Lohan that. played the dual role right. as well, and she yeah. was wonderful. Yeah. All right, well, it was nominated for two Academy Awards. The It was remade, of course, in 1998, and and my kids watched that growing up.
3: See, I don't know any of these movies. I know you don't. Because I was, like I said, I was hatched at age 30.
4: Yeah. Well, so I, I think you're going missed... to... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say you absolutely know the next Plus,
3: one. Plus, I was listening to old-time radio yeah, shows. I mean, no time for I was this like frivolity. cataloging them. And...
4: Right, no time for frivolous right. movies.
3: Well, right. would you, you wouldn't even be here if I wasn't cataloging all those old-time radio shows. I would be on a you'd different be, radio show. Uh, you'd be probably <laughs> <laughs>
4: on a different radio show. <laughs> At a different radio station. True. Okay.
3: <laughs>
6: <laughs> uh,
3: um,
4: you know the next one. Okay. Okay. 19- what is this news?
0: Your Highness... I have discovered the identity of the Phantom. You don't say. I do say. Of course, you're not positive. I am positive. He is, I believe, at this very moment here in Rome. Really? Yes. Have you seen or heard from Sir Charles Lytton?
5: Not since I left Cortina. Why?
6: Sir Charles and the Phantom are one and the same.
3: Okay, so I'm pretty sure that that's Peter Sellers, and it's a Pink Panther movie.
4: That's exactly right. Is it the
3: Pink Panther, or is it...
4: No, it's the Pink Panther, okay. 1963 yeah. Pink Panther oh, wow! All with right. Inspector, I know Cluzeau you like to say it.
3: of the Certe. And you
4: like to say it, Inspector.
3: Clouseau of the Certe. Yeah.
4: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and the theme music composed by?
3: Um, well, Blake Edwards wrote it. Uh, oh, yeah. Um... You
4: know this because you told me this. <sighs> You might need a couple more pills over uh, there. <laughs> I can't
3: remember. It's somebody it's, very famous. It's Henry Mancini. Oh yeah, Henry Mancini. Okay,
4: well you still got it. Or so. it's
3: Mancini, who however you want to say it, Mancini, Mancini.
4: I've only heard it that way. Okay, and it's probably right.
3: Mancini. Okay. Well, you
4: got it. Okay. Okay. Now let's let's do the next one, Mike. You can give us another laugh
5: at this one.
0: All right, Eliza,
5: say it again. The Rhine in spines stays mainly in the plain.
1: The rain in Spain stays mainly in the plain.
3: Didn't I say that?
1: No, Eliza, you didn't say that. You didn't say This is even another musical,
3: that. right? It
1: is. Every night before you get into bed, where you used to say your prayers. Do you actually expect want me to, me to say get these? The rain in Spain stays mainly I mean, in the plain. Like a Fifty scene. times.
3: The rain not in Spain Lord, means. Not to his ears. Come on. All right. i you know this I'm going to guess sound of music.
4: Oh, such a good guess, but not quite right. What is it? <laughs> now, this is my fair King lady. King and I? This oh, is my...
3: My fa- <laughs> oh, that's no fair.
4: Yeah, Come it's on. Fair? That's no fair. Um, so, this is based on <sighs> Pygmalion from 1913. And Pig it starts, who? Pygmalion? Mm-hmm. It starts Audrey Never Hepburn as it. Eliza Doolittle and Rex Harrison as Henry <sighs> <sighs> Professor. And I said Henry my Higgins.
3: fair lady you earlier. Did. You just said
4: it for Mary Poppins instead. <sighs> Darn it! It won eight Academy Awards, including Best Picture you're, in 1964. You're way too hard on me. I know that's that's the thing. I'm really tough. But to end the segment well, uh-huh. here is your final movie. This one, you know.
1: Okay, we well, disposed of a war surplus submarine last Friday,
0: a pre-atomic model, to some chap named P. N. Gwyn.
6: P. N. Gwyn. Did this P. N. Gwyn leave an address? No, just a post office box number. Exposing of pre-atomic submarines to persons who don't even leave their full addresses. Good day, Admiral.
3: Okay, is that the Batman movie? Yes, it oh. sure is. Oh, wow, nineteen
4: sixty-six. Yeah, Batman. 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 P- I thought it would give it. A, Dun, I didn't nah, want to nah, play nah, the nah. music, but I thought the P and Gwyn would yeah. give you a wow. good enough hint. With uh, of course so your got friend like Adam. Three West.
3: or so, right? You three or four, maybe. Three.
4: No, that's not you bad. Got three out of three out of
3: six. Not too bad. It's As good as
4: it gets. Good job. It was a lot of fun. Thank you.
3: Thank you, Lisa. No more musicals, please. Well, we'll see. Not good at that.
4: I didn't know. All
3: right. When we come back, we have a great episode, a really cool episode of Suspense from 1944, so stick around.
0: More Hollywood 360 after these important messages.
3: And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. The greatest mystery series of them all was Suspense. It started on CBS In 1942, and lasted until 1962. What a run. And um, it was never off the air. It was on 20-plus years, I think like 21 years. And it was radio's outstanding theater of thrills. The biggest names in Hollywood always appeared on it. You know, these uh, movie stars, they would be making movies, and in between making movies, they'd do radio. They were loaned out to the radio studios, and everyone wanted to be on suspense because they knew they were going to get a great script and high production values. You know, the uh, writing was tremendous, full orchestra, the greatest supporting characters around them. So they, they knew. Plus, there was millions and millions of people listening. And it was great because they would be able to plug their latest movie at the end of it. All win-win. We have a broadcast for you now. Nancy Kelly stars in this, and it has a great twist ending at the um The finale, as they say. October 19th, 1944. This is called Eve. Here's part one now of Suspense. Suspense.
0: Tonight, Eve starring Nancy Kelly.
1: Miss Jeremy's second booth. Thank you. you got five minutes. Hello,
2: Angel. Oh, Frank.
6: There, there, Angel. Take it easy. We we don't have much time.
2: Oh, but to have to talk to you like this through an iron screen, not even to be able to touch you. That's
6: the way it is, Angel, when a guy's been...
2: Frank. Frank, I know you didn't do it. I know you didn't.
6: Of course, I didn't, Angel, but just one of those things, circumstantial evidence.
2: Oh, but there must be something.
6: Uh -uh. I was pretty optimistic during the trial because I knew I didn't do it, I guess, but... Now that I look back on it, they had enough coincidence pieced together to convict a dozen innocent men.
2: Frank. Oh, Frank, how can you be so calm? How can you...
6: There's one thing I want you to know. I want to be sure you didn't believe any of that gossip about my running around with her. Oh,
2: of course she I did She was didn't. a star.
6: I was a producer. I needed her for my next picture. Lorna Moore was a big name in pictures. But you knew I'd been seeing her. I even told you how I quarreled oh, her.
2: Oh, Frank, Frank, I know. Frank, how much more time is there? Two or three more minutes. No, no,
6: no. I mean... Oh. November the 16th. Six weeks. Yeah.
2: Frank, I'm going to do something. What can you do, Angel? Don't you realize there's a murderer running around loose? Some man who's free and having fun and going out with girls. I'm going to find
6: him. How could you find him? The police tried for weeks.
2: They didn't try. All they wanted was to convict you. Uh Uh-uh.
6: But it is nice to hear you say it, Angel, because... What? Because it makes me know you really did love me. Oh, Frank. You see, there are things you can face when you're like this that you didn't dare talk about or even think about before. I always loved you, Eve. But you were so much younger and full of ambition. Oh,
2: Frank, don't.
6: I'm sorry, Angel. I wish I could have done things for you. There won't be much left for you now. You know how it is in this business. You spend it as fast as Frank, you make. Frank,
5: stop. Please, please, stop.
6: Oh, I'm a heel. Forgive me, Angel. But it's wonderful to know how you do feel.
2: Frank. Frank, I'm not going to let this thing happen. There must be something. There must be some clue somewhere.
6: Well, don't you think the police...
2: Something the police didn't know. Something you saw when you were up there and, and didn't tell them.
6: I couldn't have very well told them anything about that when my whole defense was that I hadn't been up there. But there wasn't anything, nothing important.
2: But there must have been something. Whoever whoever was there before you, whoever did it, must have left some trace. Well,
6: there was her address book.
2: Her, her... Yeah,
6: uh, I stuck it in my pocket because, well, it was open at the letter J and my name was in it. it. was a silly thing to do, but it's in the little secret drawer in my desk.
2: Oh, Frank, why didn't you tell somebody sooner? What
6: was the use? If I told him I'd been up there... Oh, yes... There, there, there was another little thing. I,
1: I hadn't thought...
2: Frank, A what, smell. what? What, what, what kind Cigar of... Cigar
1: smoke. Your time's up, Miss Jeremy.
2: Frank, I'll write. I'll write every day.
1: All right, Miss Jeremy.
2: Goodbye.
1: So long, Angel.
2: October 5th. Frank, darling, I found the little address book where you said it was. It's not much to go on. There are hundreds of names. But under the J's, there are only three others besides yours. I'm going after them one at a time. Tomorrow I'm going down to see Lieutenant Trout of the Homicide Bureau. He always seemed to me one of the few who tried to be fair. And I might need help. Oh, darling, I know it isn't much, but you must keep on hoping. Something will happen if only because I love you so desperately.
0: What's your angle, Mrs. Jeremy?
2: My angle?
0: Yeah. Why are you doing all this?
2: But he's my husband. I love him. Oh,
0: look, Mrs. Jeremy, the cops around this town aren't exactly dummies, you know. You know what you were like before you married. All
2: right, Dick Tracy. The person can change, can't they?
0: Sure they can. A cop just hates to have anyone think they can make a sucker out of him. You know how
2: it is. Well, you can skip the apologies if that's where they're supposed to be.
0: Sure. Now, what do you want me to do?
2: Well... What kind of evidence would I have to have? How specific would it have? What, ha-
0: to uh, upset a first-degree murder rap? Okay. something in writing?
2: That's not so easy.
0: Have you got a suspect in mind? Some particular person?
2: No, not yet.
0: But you might have. Well, there's one other thing. It's an old, old trick, but it's still good. What's that? Uh, did you ever see one of these things?
2: No, I don't think so.
0: Here, talking to this little gadget here.
2: Well, what, what'll I say? Oh, anything. Just talk. Lieutenant Trout is one of the most chivalrous gentlemen I've ever met.
0: <laughs> You're quite a realist, aren't you? Yeah. Now listen.
2: Lieutenant Trout is one of the most chivalrous
0: gentlemen I've ever met. See? A, a dictaphone. Yeah. It might come in handy.
2: Well, it it might. October seventh. Darling, Trout has installed a dictaphone in my new apartment. It's only a room, really. And, of course, I've changed my name to Evelyn Jarvis and my appearance. I don't think that even you, my darling, would recognize me now. The phone numbers are a dead end so far. The first was a dressmaker and the next a man who's definitely been in the South Pacific for over a year. But there's one more. A Jerry Jordan. I'm going to call him this afternoon. Oh, my darling, I miss you. I miss you so terribly. Hello? Oh, uh, is this Mr. Jerry Jordan? Yes. uh, (laughs) Well, I've finally found you. Can you guess who this is?
1: Well, I'm afraid I'm not very good at that.
2: Oh, all right. I suppose I'll have to tell you. This is uh, Evelyn Jarvis. Oh, Well, don't you know who I am?
1: No, I'm sorry. I don't, Miss Jarvis.
2: Well, this is embarrassing. Didn't you get the letter?
1: No. What letter?
2: Oh, my goodness. Well, you see, a, a very good friend of yours, who's also a very good friend of mine, wrote you a letter about me. Or at least he said he would. I see. And I'll give you one other clue. I'm, uh... I'm from out of town. Now, can you guess?
1: You wouldn't be from San Francisco, would you?
2: Well...
1: Uh... <laughs> Ed Thornton, eh? <laughs> he always did have a terrible memory for anything but phone numbers. Eh?
2: <laughs> well, I, I didn't mean to bother you, but Ed said to be sure and look you up.
1: Well, uh, where are you staying?
2: Oh, I managed to find a little place. Well,
1: lucky you. Uh, have you got any plans for dinner?
2: Why, uh... Well, I hadn't really thought. Say,
1: better still, have you got any plans for right now?
2: <laughs> well, really, Miss No, Jordan? no, seriously.
1: By the time we've had a drink and gotten acquainted, you'll be ready for dinner anyway.
2: Oh no, no. No,
1: I... no, you wouldn't want Ed Thornton to know you were acting that way, would you? You just jump in a taxi and tell him to take you to the Brown Derby on Vine Street. I'll be waiting right there. Uh,
2: well I... And
1: uh knowing Ed the way I do, I... I'm dying to meet
2: you. (laughs) Well, as a matter of fact, from what I know, I'm sort of anxious to meet you. Darling, just a quick P.S. I'm going to meet him now at the Brown Derby. Mr. Jerry Jordan... And I have a hunch he's it. I don't know why. I'll remember what you said about cigar smoke. And yet, although I've got a hunch, it, it makes me feel a little shaky to be going there. He's, well, he's got such a nice voice to be a murderer.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So that's what he says about me, eh? He's a fine pal. (laughs) I'll say one thing for it. He may be an awful liar, but he sure has swell taste.
2: Well, which proves he's no liar. <laughs> but tell me, Jerry, is this the Bron Derby? I i mean, the one you hear about? Uh, this is it. Well, are there any people, you know, famous people here now?
1: Well, it's a little early, but... <laughs>
2: well, you know, I've, I've always thought it was awfully silly, really, to be impressed by movie stars. Still... Hollywood must be sort of an exciting town to live in. I, hmm? I'm mean from some of the things I hear that, that oh, go oh, on. Oh,
1: that's mostly newspaper talk. Hollywood's just like any other town. They have their regular quota of divorces and fistfights. Oh, and and murders. Oh. You mean that Lorna Moore business?
2: Well, I I read something about it.
1: Yes, that, uh, that was a genuine tragedy, all right.
2: I don't... I don't suppose you knew her.
1: Well, as a matter of fact, Lorna was one of the few celebrities I did know.
2: Oh, really? What was she like?
1: Well, Lorna was a long ways from being the sweet little thing she seemed to be on the screen. Oh, but murder was... Yes, I suppose nothing really excuses that.
2: Well, anyway, they they got the man who did it.
1: Frank Jeremy? Yes, I guess they did.
2: You mean you don't think that...
1: Oh, the case looked good enough. You can't always tell about those things, though... Any number of people might have done it. I, I'm afraid little Lorna's life was kind of a mess. Well,
2: Jerry, w- were you...
1: Mixed with... up with Lorna? <laughs> no, oh, no. But,
2: but didn't the police... I, I mean, I should think with a woman like that, all of her
1: friends... They nabbed Jeremy so quick, they didn't even question anyone else. Anyway, I was out of town when it happened.
2: Oh. Uh, Jerry, may a cigarette.
1: I'm sorry. I, I don't use them. I'll get you some, however. I only smoke cigars.
2: I... What what
3: did you what did you say? I said I only smoke cigars. All right, you only smoke cigars, Lisa. I that. That's a clue. You know. Oh, I, I got I that from you the figured music that too. Out yeah, or I not, picked up on that. So, okay, good. So you're on the ball tonight, oh, then, huh? Tonight, yeah. yeah. I mean, not usually, I mean, I no, but not, right now. Well, that's what sure. I meant. Not usually. Oh just no, tonight. I get that. I'm glad to know that. October nineteenth, nineteen forty four. We're listening to Eve on suspense starring nancy um nancy kelly she was um terrific on this and there's a great twist ending at the end oh you're gonna like it lisa ending
4: at the end it's at the you know
3: towards the towards the conclusion ending
4: at the end yeah
3: of course so hopefully you'll be able to stick (laughs) around for that you're not going to take off or anything are you
4: not this week
3: all right we'll be back with more of suspense after this short break Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Don't forget, we have a full five-hour podcast of this show. We have uh, all five hours are available to be sent to you every Monday morning. Um, it's sent right to your email, and the links never expire. And we also add our Radio Rarities podcast to that. It's like a 35-minute podcast. And, um, man, I'll tell you, that's Pretty, pretty cool, right, Lisa?
4: Well, I think so. The Radio Rarities is a really a rare program, but it is very unique uh, in that um, we do something that I think nobody else does, and and uh, nobody, nobody else does, does it, it better. No, nobody you know, like this song. Nobody does <laughs> there we go. it better. Uh, so it's really a, a great Makes way me to feel sad for, for the, rest. the rest. It's really a great opportunity to learn more about classic radio, delve into the history and background of the characters of of the history of what's going on at the time of um of the plot and really learn a whole lot more and then it makes you appreciate the show that much more.
3: Yep, it's a really cool um podcast called Radio Rarities. I thought of the entire idea myself. <laughs> and the name oh, Okay, and everything. You did
4: come up with the name.
3: I came up with
4: I it. I have to give you that the one. The whole shebang. The whole shebang. It's like in what's inside the of, middle the donut. of the it's,
3: yeah. Shebang donut. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so anyway, if you sign up for the Hollywood 360 podcast, we tack radio rarities right onto the end of that. So, uh, to learn all about how you can get Hollywood 360 and radio rarities emailed right to your computer or cell phone every single Monday, the entire program, you won't miss a beat. Just go to Hollywood360radio.com. Hollywood 360 radio.com at the very top of the websites all the information sign up for our podcast all right we're listening to suspense this is called eve starring nancy kelly here's the conclusion
2: darling don't you see his name in her book and he admits he knew her in the cigars i'm positive now if i can win his confidence get him up to my apartment near that dictaphone oh i know i can do it we've still got four weeks darling and and i'll have to be awfully careful He's clever and, and he's intelligent. Imagine a man who can carry a thing like that on his conscience and and still be so so terribly nice and and courteous and, and thoughtful. But I'm going to win for you, darling. Hello, Jerry. Hello. You've been waiting long? Not very. Jerry, is something the matter?
1: I don't know, darling. Look, why do we always have to meet here? Why can't I pick you up at your place? I don't even know where it is. Sometimes it's almost as though you were, well, keeping some sort of a secret from me.
2: Isn't it a woman's privilege to have secrets?
1: Don't talk like that, darling. Jerry,
2: Jerry, you you must know by now I I couldn't have any secrets from you.
1: (laughs) Oh, I'm a fine one to talk, I guess. The fact is I've been holding out on you, darling. I don't live in that hotel. I live in a place out in Beverly Hills with about 30 rooms and a swimming pool a block long. I've got more money than I know what to do with. Oh? Oh, darling, I... I feel like a dog about it now, but I, I didn't want you to know at first.
2: Oh, and till you were sure I didn't care about money. Is that it?
1: Yes, dear. Try to forgive me, will you?
2: <laughs> oh, my poor darling. Will you? Of course I will. I do. And... And Jerry... Yes? About those secrets of mine. Suppose there were some things I couldn't tell you yet. Would that matter?
1: Not if I was sure you would tell me. Someday.
2: Jerry, I promise you that someday I will tell you. Frank, darling. I know the delay must be torture to you, but you must understand how careful I've got to be. I've got to have the positive living truth on that dictaphone. I haven't been able to get him up here yet, but we've still got ten days, and I have a feeling it's going to be soon. Very soon. So don't worry, darling. I miss you. Who is it?
1: George uh, Harry.
2: Oh w- wait a minute. Sherry. Darling, I
1: had to. It's been almost a week and I... Well,
2: how did you find this place? Why do you think I didn't tell you where it was if I didn't have reason? Let
1: me in, please. I've got to talk to you. All right. Darling, Ed Thornton arrived in town last night. Oh. He came to see me. Oh? He's never heard of you. He doesn't know anybody by the name of Evelyn Jarvis or anyone that even looks like you.
2: Is that what you came up here to tell me?
1: Darling, darling, I don't care what it is. Only please, please. Jerry.
2: Jerry. Oh, darling. I want you so much. Oh, Jerry. Jerry, my darling.
1: I want you to go away with me tonight. I want you to marry me.
2: You... You what?
1: I want you to marry me. But first... Oh,
2: my darling, I've waited so long.
1: There's something... Something I've got to tell you. No, Jerry. No, Jerry, don't. I've got to... And then you can tell me whatever it is, and we can start even if you still want to.
2: Jerry, do we ever have to tell anything? Does that matter now?
1: I've got to, Evelyn. I can't keep it any longer—not the way I feel about about you. Jerry, I've—I've I've killed someone. I'm a murderer. Who? Laura Moore. And another man is going to die for it.
2: (laughs) Jerry. Oh, no, my Jerry. Listen to me. It doesn't matter. I don't care what you've done. Jerry, I love you. Do you know that? I love you.
1: Can you still?
2: I've loved you from the beginning. It didn't matter then, and it doesn't matter now.
1: Darling, what do you mean, it didn't matter then? Did you?
2: Yes, I knew. Do you know who I am? Who? I'm Eve Jeremy, the wife of the man who's going to die for it. His wife. Yes. Now you know.
1: And you're willing to let him die?
2: Well, he deserves to die for the things he's done. He'd have probably killed her anyway I if you knew hadn't he seen her. He was a beast, Jerry. I knew from the beginning it was a mistake. He beat me. He beat me and he tortured me. I I can't even tell you some of the things he.
1: When? When does it happen?
2: The 16. Tomorrow night.
1: Tomorrow night.
2: Does that matter
1: to you? I'd let 50 men die to get you, darling. That's why I haven't
2: seen you. That's why I haven't seen you. I was waiting until... We could
1: be in Argentina tomorrow night.
2: I'll pass. I can
1: get plane tickets tonight from a friend. I
2: don't have to change, do I?
1: Oh, you look lovely.
2: I'll I'll just throw a couple of things in a bag. Nobody will know about this place anyway. Make it quick, though. And it's a perfectly logical time for me to go away for a while. Hurry, baby, hurry. I'm all ready now. How do I look?
1: Oh, you beautiful
2: darling. Oh, wait. What? Oh, I ought to write a note to him. Your husband? Yes. Just to keep us both in the clear. He won't get it until just before...
1: What are you going to say?
2: Well, you can read it if you want to. No,
1: no. Here. I'll mail it for you.
2: No, I'll just stick it in my handbag. I'll mail it at the airport. Are you ready? Yes. Come on, Jerry.
0: Well... Good evening,
2: Mrs. Jarrett. Uh, oh, hello.
0: You, uh, taking a little trip?
2: Wouldn't you if you or me?
0: Sure, I know how you feel. You, uh, in a hurry?
2: Sort of. My, my friend here was going to run me down to the airport. Lieutenant Trout, Mr. Jordan.
0: Well, I won't keep you but a minute, and then I'll give you a fast trip down there in a squad car. Want to step inside a minute?
2: All right.
0: You're, uh... Friend here, know what you've been doing?
2: In in a way.
0: Hmm. Any luck with our little gadget? What little gadget?
2: Oh, a, a, a dictaphone. Lieutenant Trout thought... Oh, you
0: thought, Mrs. Jeremy.
2: All right, I thought.
0: Mind if I turn it on?
2: No, go ahead. There's nothing...
1: I've got to, it. Hmm. Oh. I can't keep it any longer. Not the way I feel now about you.
2: Jerry, don't
1: I... I've killed someone. I'm a murderer.
0: Who? Oh. Lorna Moore. And another man is going to die for it. <laughs> well, guess that's about all we need to know, isn't it?
2: I guess it is. Well, I told you I'd get him, didn't
6: I? Yeah. Evelyn.
2: You can wrap him up and take him away, Lieutenant. And don't forget to send me back my husband the first thing in the morning.
0: Come on, Jordan. Eve.
2: So long, sucker.
1: Eve. Hm. They sure gave you the right name, baby. Yeah? Only you wouldn't have needed the apple. Or the snake. <laughs>
2: This doesn't seem possible. Back here in our own home, out here on our own terrace again, everything just the way it was.
0: Yeah.
2: Do you remember... Do you remember when we first took the place, how happy we were, and and how the agent took us out on this terrace and asked us if it would be (laughs) too high up, if we were afraid of high places? Mm Mm-hmm. Frank, is something bothering you?
1: Well...
6: Eve... Oh,
2: tell me, darling. Oh, I know you've been through so much... When I think that today you might have.
6: Look, Angel, I haven't any kick coming. You, you saved my life. Oh, darling. And I know what the answer is anyway, but it would only prey on my mind if I didn't talk to you about it. And there shouldn't be anything like that between us ever, should
2: there? Well, of course not, darling. What is it?
6: I. I have a record here. What record? That the police took off your dictaphone.
2: Oh, well, Frank. I want to play I...
6: it back for you, Angel. I'll put it on the phonograph here oh, but, on the terrace. But
2: Frank, please, dear. All right,
6: I... Angel, I know.
2: <laughs> Jerry. Oh, my Jerry. Listen to me. It doesn't matter. I don't care what you've done. Jerry, I love you. Do you know that? I love you.
1: Can you still?
2: I've loved you from the beginning. It didn't matter then and it doesn't matter now.
1: Darling, what do you mean, it didn't matter then? Did you...
2: Yes, I knew. You know who I am? Who? I'm you, Jeremy, the wife of the man
1: who's
2: going to die for it. His wife? Yes. Now you know. And you're... Is... Is that all?
6: That was the end of the record. That was all that was recorded.
2: <laughs> oh, It's Frank. all
6: right. It's all right. I, I know.
5: <laughs> oh, Frank. Don't you see I had to play it that way? Don't you see, I had to
2: make him think that so I could save you. Sure, I know, Angela.
6: I just wanted to hear you say it, I guess. Please, Angela, I understand.
2: Do, do you really? Why, of
6: course I do. I'm a heel, Angel.
2: Oh, darling. Listen,
6: it's all over now. I'll tell you, let's celebrate. All
2: right, let's.
6: I'll go down and get us some wine, champagne or
2: something. Oh, that'd be wonderful.
6: I'll go now, only.
2: What, darling?
6: Well, just getting out of the clink, I don't have any money. Do you?
2: Oh, of course, darling. Right there in my handbag.
6: Where? Oh. Oh, sure. Sure, you've got plenty. Hey, Say, here's a letter. A, a letter? Yeah, and it's addressed to me.
2: A letter? A, a letter? Oh, Frank. Well, you must Frank, have forgotten I... to. Frank? No, Frank. Now, no, Frank, no. No, Frank, I I didn't. Uh, uh, I can explain just how Frank... Uh, Please. Angel. Ah!
6: Proud. Proud, this is Frank Jeremy. A Terrible things just happened. What? My wife. Suicide. Nerves, I guess. She jumped off the terrace before I could stop her. It's 14 stories.
0: Was suicide, was it?
6: She gave me a note in her own handwriting just before. Oh. Well,
0: of course, if the note says so.
6: It does, all right. The case is closed. Here, I'll, uh, I'll read it to you. It says, Frank, my darling, I've been wrong all the time. I've failed you utterly. Now I can't even bear the thought of facing you. When you read this, I will be gone. This is farewell forever. Signed, Eve.
0: And so closes Eve, starring Nancy Kelly. Tonight's study in Suspense. Suspense is produced and directed by William Spear. And now, further to intrigue you, we of Suspense present a special preview of our next exciting tale.
1: And here it is, a tantalizing glimpse of our next adventure in Suspense.
5: Warden Graves.
1: Yes, Miss Rhodes. Sit down, won't you?
5: Thank you. I hate to disturb you like this, but I've traveled clear across the country. They wouldn't give me the information over the phone. I know. You know what this visit is all about, Warden?
1: To some extent, yes. You think one of our prisoners, Tom Nixon, has escaped?
5: He has escaped. I'm as sure of it as as I'm sure of sitting here now. I saw him at large in New York City two days ago.
1: You knew Tom Nixon well, Miss Rhodes?
5: Knew him? He was my mother's murderer. My mother was Mrs. George Rhodes of Huntington, Long Island. She ran a boarding house there. He killed her on September 18th, 1930. We have
1: all the records of the crime, Miss Rhodes.
5: Tom was mother's chief boarder for ten years. Know him. Why, I sat opposite him at dinner table from the time I was a girl of 15. I knew him as well as I knew mother. I, I'd know him anyway. I see. And now he's at large. He's free. Somehow or other, he's, he's escaped this place. Maybe you're not aware of it. Maybe even his fellow prisoners aren't aware of it. But he's wormed his way out. And he's after me. He's after me. Oh, now,
1: my dear young lady.
5: Warden Graves, ten years ago, when Mother was found murdered, I knew it couldn't have been anyone but Tom. I testified against him. I was the chief, practically the only witness at the trial. And when they sentenced him here for life, he swore to kill me. He swore in the open court to get even with me. For ten years, I've lived in deadly fear. I've watched the newspapers for prison breaks. I've moved from house to house, made few friends. He's hung over me like a shadow. Even though I told myself he was locked up here, locked up here forever. And now it it's come.
1: And where exactly did you see the prisoner, Miss Rose?
5: That's just the point. That's why I know he's after me. I saw him in my own apartment house. Well. He has a job there, running the elevator at night. That's what makes it so horrible. I've never married Warden Graves. I live all alone. In a small three-room penthouse on the 18th floor of an office building. The other night, about a week ago, I came home alone from the movies. After midnight. The big marble lobby of my building was deserted. Except in a far corner near the elevator with his back toward me, there was a man. Down on his hands and knees, scrubbing the floor. Good evening. Evening. Everybody. Isn't the elevator working tonight?
0: You want to go up in the elevator, Mum? Certainly. I'll be right with you. Okay, Mum. What floor?
5: I was in the elevator, and we had started to ascend before I really saw him. It was Tom. His hair had turned white, and there was a horrible stoop to his shoulders. But everything about him, the crook of his head. His high, thin, bony nose. The hollow cheekbones were all the same. And then he turned and stared at me. I could see those deadly, pale, cold eyes. Those heavy eyebrows, still black. That familiar, quiet, sarcastic mouth.
6: What floor, Mum?
5: Oh, oh, my floor. Uh, Yes, the penthouse, please.
1: Penthouse? Where's that, on the roof?
5: Yes, on the roof, please. 18th floor. Okay. Warden Graves. It was being like it was like being in a cage with a wild beast. He kept watching me, peering at me furtively as the elevator moved with agonizing slowness up and up past the floors. I shrunk back, averting my face. The light in the car was dim. My only hope was that he did not recognize me.
1: Here's your floor, miss.
5: Thank you. Good night. Good night. Good night. You can go back down. I I don't need anything, thank you. What's
1: the matter? Forgotten your door key?
5: No. No, it's just... It's right in my bag. I'll find it in a minute.
1: You want me to let you in?
5: Let me in. No. No, good Lord.
1: I got pass keys to all the doors. No trouble.
5: No, thanks, but I... uh, No, no. No, I I have it right here. Good night.
0: And so until our next performance, when you will hear the rest of this exciting tale, we keep you in... Suspense! is the Armed Forces Radio Service.
3: You know, Lisa, I've heard a lot of suspense episodes. I cannot recall ever hearing them dramatize next week's, you know, portion of next week's episode. I'm not sure what that was all about. Maybe, you know, the script just ran short and they were like, well, what we could do is fill in, you know, will you have all the... because? The actors that were in this particular episode of Eve were the ones that were dramatizing that. So they weren't there the following week doing that episode. So right. that's the first time I've ever heard that. Anyway, that was Eve starring Nancy Kelly. Uh, very good episode from October 19th, 1944, as heard on CBS, all that. Uh, although that was an Armed Forces Radio rebroadcast. Um,
4: you know what, Carl? That would be a great topic to research for Radio Rarity's yeah, podcast.
3: That's right. Um, that would
4: be really cool. Carl shadow. I mm, <laughs> hope he's listening. <laughs> <laughs>
3: all right, time for this month in music history. All right, well,
4: one of our listeners suggested that I go back to the decades that we actually play classic radio from, as I don't generally do that. So for uh, tonight, we went back to the 1940s. Here's your first song.
3: Chattanooga Choo Choo.
4: That's what it is. 1941, Carl. Wow. Originally recorded as a big band swing tune by Glenn Miller and his orchestra. And it was featured in the 1941 movie Sun Valley Serenade.
0: Mm -hmm.
4: Amazing that we all recognize this song. Chattanooga Choo Choo.
3: Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that the Andrews sisters sing this.
4: I think, I know that they do. You're absolutely right. Uh, But this is the original. You know, big fan tune.
3: Yep. Very cool. Thanks, Lisa. All right. More of Hollywood 360 after this short break. More Hollywood 360
0: after these important messages. Now back to the
3: best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Next hour, it's Big Town from 1948, and we'll play Beat the Host, right, Lisa? That's right. We need a
4: caller. Uh, It's all about Freddie Mercury. He was born September 5th of 1946. Of course, he's a singer, songwriter, lead vocalist of Queen. So if you'd like to be on the air, play the game, 312-642-5600. We're looking for caller number seven.
3: We'll see you soon.